1: Welcome to another episode, episode uh, four zero, of the Me Bros podcast. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well. I'm your host, one third of the trio that that uh, call ourselves the Me Bros, fellas. How we feeling, Man eighty five, J D Z. What's going on, fellas? How we feeling tonight?
2: I am David Ruffin, and these are the Me Bros. I don't know David when you Mee Mee said Mee. one third. Yeah, it made me think of the, the Temptation Jesus. movie. Go ahead, though. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, J- Jeremy. You feeling good? How, how are you, man? Good. I'm good,
2: man. It's almost football season, you know. Uh, oh, okay, feeling great. It. Oh yeah, yeah. Almost yeah, fall. Almost time for good. a
1: little, uh, a little, a little lighter weather. You know, it's 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 nice right a little now. Little golf I action. Can, yeah. I can't wait for the fall. You know, Jeremy, 85. How you feeling, man?
0: Man, I'm feeling good. Uh, got a little bit of technical difficulties. I got a uh, got a, a a microphone that's. Uh, Got to have a little upgrade on the software, so I'm going back to the 1980s mic that I got on here. But it's cool. You know, we're, we're ready to rock and roll. It's football season. Um, It's about time. Falcons, Thursday night, Pro Football Hall of Fame game. I think they play the Ravens or somebody. It doesn't matter. As long as somebody's tackling somebody, I'm sure Matt Ryan and the rest of the starters won't play. But I'm ready. Let's get ready to pie, baby. Let's get it.
1: So what's up, man? But uh, as always, uh, we want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you guys for sharing us, uh, throwing some comments and some uh, and some favorable uh, things to say about us. So we, we appreciate that, as always. And today, let's get right into it, fellas. Um, we don't have that much NBA to talk about, but it was kind of a precursor to the NFL season. So let's get into what's going on in the league, the NFL, that is. So uh, let's start out in Dallas, in, in Jerry's world. Uh, Jerry called out Zeke uh, for wanting more money. Uh, Why do you keep calling start- him Zeke. I like I like Zeke. Like, Ziki. I, like
0: Ziki. I don't know. It reminds me of the old Ziki. wrestler Rafiki. Um, Ziki. that was Rakishi. Uh, I, I think you're Rikishi thinking about. Thinking about. But, there was Rakishi uh, and there was Rafiki. When it? I don't
2: remember Rafiki. Don't yeah, remember we'll call him okay. Zeke. Um, it
0: call
1: Um, it's it's up to you. I uh, know that. Rafiki from uh, Lion King. That is right. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get into it. So, uh, <laughs> who, has, who has a leverage in this in this uh, negotiation kind of battle, if you want to call it? Uh, Jerry Jones or Zeke? Uh, let's start with uh, Jerry.
0: So I, I'm a big fan of players taking their career in their hands. Anybody that knows knows me knows. I think ownership they they typically will try to de- decide your career for you, decide your path for you. So I'm I'm really big in player empowerment. Uh, with that being said, Jerry Jones has the leverage right here. Um, there's a you know as, as much as I think. I think Zeke is doing the right thing because I think holding out is the best chance for him to be able to get long term money. I don't even think the Cowboys were thinking about, you know, hey, we need to hurry up and get Zeke a deal. Um, uh, but they're sure are thinking about it now, now that he's holding out. And I think that's why you make those decisions when you do. But in reality, I think there's two things. I think at play right here. Zeke realizes Jerry Jones doesn't like to pay running backs. He ran DeMarco Murray for eighteen hundred yards and four hundred carries, and then next offseason wouldn't pay him any money. And I mean, even after winning the Super Bowl, um, he he forced Emmett Smith to hold out for was first two first two games of the season? Um, just for him to get his money. So I think at the end of the day, I think he's looking at it and saying, All right, you got a history of not paying your running backs after running into the ground. And I'm not gonna be that dude. And I think he looks at the way that the Steelers did Le'Veon Bell and he's trying to avoid that situation. So I think in reality, um Anytime the billionaire is one versus the millionaire, the billionaire typically has the advantage. Um, but I do think there is some – there is – they're not winning a Super Bowl. They don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl um, without Ezekiel Elliott. But I think, you know, obviously uh, the longer the holdout goes, the more it's going to hurt Zeke, the more it's going to help uh, Jerry Jones. And I think Zeke hurt himself significantly this offseason by getting himself into dumb trouble. So uh, I can't feel too, too sorry for the situation he's in.
1: All right, uh, Jeremy. What do you think about this whole situation, man?
2: Jared, 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 Jared. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll be one hundred percent honest. You could not be more wrong on all fronts. So, first off, I don't. I agree with you. I don't feel sorry for Zeke. Um, do I think Zeke should get a new contract? No, I don't. Do I think he has the leverage? Absolutely. And I'll tell you why because the Cowboys have expectations If the Cowboys were in the position they were in last year, where nobody's really expecting me to do anything. Nobody's saying they're super bowl contenders. Then Jerry Jones would have a lot of leverage because he can say, Hey, we're not even expected to win. So why do I need to rush to pay Zeke? But when you have super bowl expectations, especially when you're Jerry Jones and you're already 117 years old, at least you look (laughs) at, you have to pay the guy who runs the offense. You will easily see. This is what's going to end up happening. I don't know if it will happen in the third preseason game when Dak finally plays, and he realizes it. At, at a certain point, they're going to start playing games, and he's going to realize without Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott. Big trouble. Is, yeah, I'm trying to think about
0: who who I would compare Dak to. He's Kirk Cousins, but a little bit more intangible. No, no, he's no, he's no.
2: Kirk Cousins no, he's not better than Kirk Cousins. I, I was gonna say he's worse. Um, ridiculous. Huh, let's see. Chad Pennington's way better than him. I'm trying to go back like through time.
0: He's David Garrard.
2: He's David Garrard. That's a, that's a very good example. Jared, I, I'll give you kudos on that. Like, he's
0: <laughs> Cordell Stewart.
2: Movie. He's Cordell Stewart. That's what he is. He's Cordell Stewart. Oh At the end of the day, Dak Prescott can't win without Zeke. And Zeke really holds all the power. At the end of the day I'll tell you this. I think that with Zeke on the field, they still aren't a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs regardless. But he's going to get his money because the expectation is is that they're gonna win and they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. So when they start off without Zeke and it looked absolutely horrible, he's going to have to cave.
1: Well let's let's keep it right there, Jeremy. Speaking of what who do you think is the, the biggest deal as far as people holding out um, in this free agency? Uh, let's start with you on this, Jeremy. I mean, who do you think is, the, has the, is, is in the biggest trouble as far as team is concerned on their biggest stars holding out and, and wanting more money? And, you know, like we said before, we're four weeks out from, uh, uh, from the first kick in the NFL. So, I mean, who do you feel like is in the, in the biggest? Who should be panicking right now? um obviously
2: i think the biggest is dallas um i think zeke if zeke's not there they're going to be an awful team like i they could be worse than the giants i mean they could be that bad um as far as the other people that are ho- holding out uh, and away from the Jag- jaguars holding out i think it's a pretty big deal um but the jaguars don't have very much expectation because they didn't have a good year last year but i think they could be really good so um especially with uh Telvin Smith already saying he wasn't going to play this season. They lost uh, Malik Jackson. Uh, I mean, at a certain point, you're going to need players who can come in and play. So I think that's going to be a, a, a huge uh, a huge point. Right now, Michael Thomas is uh, holding out for, the, for my Saints. I'm not concerned with that at all. Um, the reason I'm not concerned is because Mike Thomas is probably one of the hardest working, best regimented wide receivers in football. So I know he's in shape. And we're close to offering him a deal. We already tried to make him the highest-paid receiver in NFL Close to
0: offering him a deal? Y'all already offered him that one night. Yeah. Here's, here's I, the
2: mean, I mean, close to signing a deal. He, he's Yeah, hold on one second. So he we already offered him to be the highest-paid receiver in NFL history, um, and he's trying to get to that $20 million mark. So yeah, we know what it takes to get him. He wants to hit that 2, two, two zero. We'll get a deal done. He'll be in before the third preseason game. And we all know that he and Drew Brees pretty much have that connection to where he just hop back on the field um, and take over. And then I actually like the fact that he's out right now. We have a lot of guys who are getting those first team reps with Drew Brees and getting to catch balls, so and we can see who can start. Because at the end of the day, Michael Thomas is going to be fine. We need to find that number two receiver. Ted Ginn is going to be great. He's going to be a great speedster. But I'd love to find another outside target, move Ted Ginn to the inside, and figure it out. So, uh, overall I think Zeke is the biggest holdout right now and I don't think it's that close
1: interesting so uh let's go to you Jerry what do you think about this old deal here's the funny thing to me
0: What's you're funny? saying you're saying Michael they know what they need to do to get him well yeah I mean if I'm if I'm the ugliest dude at the bar I'm like yeah I'm only waiting for a supermodel I know what it takes to, for me to be cool to settle down but I'm not getting a supermodel if I do she's selling very hard at the end of the day Michael Thomas is really good. Like, really good. And I'm not I'm I'm not trying to throw no shade at Michael Thomas because he's he's a very good player. 20 million. Like at what expense? At what expense am I giving you 20 million? And the expenses is the expense of the rest of my team. I have no no chance of competing for a Super Bowl title if I'm giving Michael Thomas 20 million. Like, Jay, Jay, quick crazy. question.
2: Quick question. Yes. Yeah. What would you give Michael Thomas per year?
0: I would give him no more than 18. I don't even think. Here's the thing: when I think of best receiver in the league, I don't think Michael Thomas. I mean, you should. I, I think. The, no, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, is Michael Thomas good? Yes, he is. Like, I'm not. I'm not taking away from him. But Michael Thomas is one of those guys that every few years comes around. Puts up good numbers, but he can't stop right really down the field. And he, he's just—he's—he's he's a product of a, good of a numbers, are great numbers. <laughs> he puts it, me, when I say great, he, he's got—he's got—he gets a lot of catches. But like, is he top five or ten in really most other categories? Uh, yes,
2: he's top five in, in over the last three years. In his first three years, he's top five in yards, touchdowns, and catches combined, or or each year. No, combined.
0: Because that, that negates the fact that Antonio Brown's missed time, OBJ's missed time. Like there, you, you can, What's the
2: best, best ability?
0: Jeremy, you can say it's availability, but at the end of the day, it's three years. OBJ didn't, I, didn't miss many games earlier in his career, and then now in the last few years, he's missed games. So, look, if you're telling me what I give, I would give Michael Thomas $20 million a year on a two-year deal, three-year deal. I'm not giving Michael Thomas no doubt on a five-year deal with $100, with, with 100 million. No, at the end of the day, I don't think you he, he should because, in reality, as good as he is, and like I said, I'm I'm not telling you he's. I, I don't think he's Julio Jones or or or, or Hopkins or, or or any of those. But as good as he is, I mean, twenty million for a receiver. It, would I rather have Michael Thomas or have two legitimate receivers, and I'm paying ten million into a year?
2: What oh, was a receiver? You paying ten million a year? Sammy Watkins is not even. he I mean, has been the biggest biggest wide receiver bust in the top five, probably in the last.
0: No, yeah, Sammy. Decade. Sammy and no, and he's got Jeremy, he got Jeremy, 15, seventeen million. It's, it's not close. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins has been productive when he played. If you look at the Name me
2: another top five receiver that was drafted. Justin off.
0: Blackman, easily on top of my head. Justin Blackman wasn't top five. Justin Blackman went fifth to the Jaguars.
2: Okay, the second the second biggest bust. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, it hasn't been him. I I have to think of who's going top five in the last. I mean, there's been plenty of receivers. go The thing, Sammy Watkins, when he played, had a 1,300 yard season when he's healthy. He just has a foot problem that he's never really healed from. At the end of the day, I think Sammy Watkins clearly got overpaid. So I'm not telling you that hey, there there aren't people that are getting overpaid. What I'm telling you is, but I'd rather have a golden tate and another legit receiver i have michael thomas i'd rather have two golden tate type receivers than to have michael thomas because there's you tripper tripper <laughs> no because at the end of the day if Man, i have crazy. if i have drew breeze drew breeze is gonna get yards regardless of who's throwing the ball to and i'm not sure how much that is drew breeze and how much that is michael thomas
2: i can tell you how much of it is drew breeze how much is michael thomas
0: how many Pro Bowl receivers
2: has Mike, has Drew Brees had in his entire career? This is his nineteenth season. Michael Thomas is literally his first Pro Bowl receiver. So if he makes Pro Bowl receivers, then he didn't do it for his first sixteen seasons. Over at the end of the day.
0: But your answer this question. Pre- yes. So is this the most yards he's thrown for last year? No. Is no. it the most the highest score offense he's had? No. So, why do I care if he's making Pro Bowls?
2: Is he as good as he was in 09? No. <laughs> but but here,
0: here's the thing, though. That's the point. So, I'm going to have to now look for a new quarterback. I'm going to have to, so Drew or, or go with Teddy Bridgewater. And
2: So, Jared, you wait, let me ask you a question. You got, you got Michael Thomas. What's your offer to him? You can pay him more. What do you think he's worth? What you paying him?
0: I'm paying him a dollar more than OBL Beckham Jr.
2: Okay. So, what's the $18 million? Yes. Okay, so you pay up 18 million. What are you buying with 2 million? What player are you getting with $2 million?
0: I'm not getting a one kicker? player with $2 million. You know what I'm getting? I'm, I'm, getting <laughs> I'm getting $2 million less from him. I'm gonna get $2 million less from Kamara. I'm gonna get $2 million left less from all these guys so that at the end of the day, I keep my core together. Because you gotta play Kamara in a, in a season. You gotta have to pay you're if
2: running backs get paid? No, they don't.
0: Jeremy. Uh, you don't. You don't think Alvin Kamara, Alvin going to go in and try to be a receiver money because Alvin Kamara is more of a receiver than he is a running back. Yeah, he'll get oh. he'll get twelve million a year. Okay, he's going to get twelve million. What do you think Mar- uh, Marshawn Lattimore is going to get? Uh, he's going
2: to get big time money. He's going to get big time money.
0: What do in best case scenario? Who's your defensive end you drafted last year?
2: Marcus Davenport.
0: He's got five years yeah. before he gets paid. <laughs> no, no, no. Mar- Marcus Davenport has really two more years where he gets paid. Because last year was his first year, and then once you get to through year three, they, they start paying those dudes. And I'm not telling you that, hey, we got to rush, but best-case scenario, here's what I'm telling you. Let's say Drew Brees has one more good season, and then you have T- Teddy Bridgewater. You guys have signed for a two-year deal, correct? Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: if Teddy Bridgewater turns into the quarterback you think he is, Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you got. i
0: might
2: actually not sold on Teddy now Bridgewater. I was hoping we draft one, but I mean, he could be. Who knows?
0: But here's the thing. Now you got to pay Teddy Bridgewater 25 million a year. Like at the end of the day, the 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 one I would be most concerned about is this, right? If I'm the Cowboys, I'm not that concerned. You know why? We haven't made a legitimate offer, so whenever we want to get a deal, we can give him a legitimate offer because you can't be Stephen Jones and say, "Hey, any deal any for Zeke starts off at Ty Gurley money and then offer him less than Ty Gurley money." If you say that publicly, that's just silly. Yeah. But if I'm the Saints and I'm like, wait a second, there's not one stat besides your amount of, and Jeremy brings it up, the amount of your percentage of catches that you had per throw, which ties concurrently and with Drew Brees having the highest completion percentage in history. They kind of go but together. He the most catches.
2: <laughs> and the most catches over the first three years in NFL history.
0: But, Jeremy, before that, who had the most catches in their first three years? Jarvis Landry, right, and as Jarvis Landry, and, and, and same thing. And before Jarvis Landry, who was it? it was Reggie Bush, who
2: no, no, it wasn't. It was Od- Od- Odell actually was was third. So, but,
0: um, but I'm saying they were the same year, though they're the same year. So before that, was...
2: running run, run back, no, run, no, back run – Reggie Bush
0: gone. was the first. Like he had like 105 catches the first like three years. At the end of the day, all I'm telling you is this: I'd be concerned with the guy we made legitimate offers to. Who literally they just said is so cocky that he just said I want to be the first to make $10 million. Then the guys that are Gakwe is looking. They offered
2: him it. nineteen. You think a million dollars is that big of a difference? I don't think so.
0: Yes, it is, Jeremy. At the end of the day, if I offer you to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL and nobody is thinking he's the high, he's the best receiver in the league, at the end of the day, you take your dollars and you call it a day.
1: So at a certain point, had- Let me ask you guys yeah. this. Let's start with Jared on this one. Who do you guys, who, who do you feel is the best receiver in this league? Because we talked about this on the golf course. Um, I brought the name DeAndre Hopkins. Jeremy said something to the fact that I was wrong. So let's, let's have a quick discussion, guys. And when I say quick, let's say five minutes each on who do you guys <laughs> feel is the best receiver in the league and why? Jerry,
0: go. So I, I don't think there is a definitive person you can say. Like, there's not a, a Jerry Rice where it was like, oh, okay, uh, that guy. But if I was picking, I would pick DeAndre Hopkins. I think the reason is, one, he's got the, the best hands in the league, in my opinion. Last year he had 115 catches and zero drops. Two, he's been able to do it consistently with four quarterback play up until Deshaun Watson there. there. Um, if you're looking at – I mean, he you he, look early in his career. I mean, he had 1,200 yards with Brian Hoyer. He had 1,500 yards with, uh, with Brian Hoyer. only season he had that was a down year was he had 954 yards with Brock Osweiler, who was just dismal. last two years, he's averaging right under 1,450 yards a season and 12 touchdowns. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is he's he's a guy that can stretch the defense. He's a guy who catches passes across the middle of the field. He's a guy who can get you the, the toe taps on the on the sideline, And he's a guy who does it cause distractions. He's never held out of any of the camps. He's never been a problem. He's never the person that's complaining about get, catching footballs. All he does is go out and ball consistently. Uh, if I was listening, let's say my top five, I would probably go DeAndre Hopkins. If I'm looking at just on the field, I would probably say DeAndre Hopkins, is, it was number one. I'd probably go Antonio Brown, number two. I'd probably go Julio, number three. I'd probably go OBJ, and then it'd be somewhere between Michael Thomas, Mike, Mike Evans, um, I'm still trying
2: OBJ, to figure OBJ, out how you guys
0: get to OBJ. OBJ
2: literally in the last three seasons, has he had a like has he had a good season in the last three seasons?
0: Jeremy, first off, OBJ had, had, has had good seasons in the last three. But also, OBJ, had, we if anybody that watches Eli Manning play the last three years, he's basically been out there playing with Brock Osweiler. I mean, Eli's been awful. They're literally, they, the Panthers game, that the Panthers almost lost to the Giants earlier in the season. The best pass of the game was thrown by OBJ. It was a pass to Saquon Barkley. Literally, Jared, they that play.
1: pass was okay. I
0: mean. No, but, but I'm saying that pass was okay, and it still was the best pass thrown to the game by the Giants players. So Yeah, I mean, Eli's trash. He's terrible. So, uh, if I'm if I'm breaking down a list and I'm just going in a vacuum because I at the end of the day, as good as as I think Michael Thomas is, I I think he's essentially Mike Evans. I think they're they're just all different. Yeah, stop. I mean their Um, numbers are I mean look compare their numbers
2: yeah well compare their targets like that's the one thing you guys have to look at let's look at targets like I know DeAndre puts up great stats two years ago DeAndre got 174 targets and caught 96 of them like at a certain point your targets matter it is it's I mean at the end of the day am am I going to talk about how many you know fairways you hit if I'm not going to count how many rounds you played at the end of the day at a certain point, it becomes how reliable are you to catch the what, ball? What, what, was that? what year was that? Uh, Deshaun's first year.
0: So Deshaun played for the first mm-hmm. six games. And the rest of the season, he had Tom Savage. And I can't even think of the other guy that came in when Tom Savage got hurt. But he had backup, backup quarterbacks throwing targets. Do you think that may have something to do with the fact that he he wasn't catching many other targets?
2: But, I mean, if you what, what I'm saying is this. Everybody talks about, oh man, he had all these sorry quarterbacks throwing to him. Yeah, you know what sorry quarterbacks do? They find a the number one target and throw it to him. You know what veteran quarterbacks do? They spread the ball around. That's why they don't have that many people who have a thousand or have fifteen hundred yards receiving. At the end of the day, I'm not even going to be a homer and just say Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football. But I'll be 100 honest with you, DeAndre Hopkins might not be in my top. Well, he'd be top. He'd be top five. So
0: he's top my five top in every right now.
2: No, but. I mean, you're talking about from last season's numbers. I could look at three seasons ago and say, well, you know what? He wasn't top 20 in any category. Um, At the end of the day, I'm going to go Julio Jones as the best receiver in football. I think Julio is the hardest matchup. Um, Number two, I'm going to say A.B. Number three, I'm going to say Michael Thomas. Number four, I'm going to say Tyreek Hill. And number five, I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins. O- Odell Beckham Jr. is not a top five receiver. He is not put up the production.
1: Are absolutely not. He,
2: he can't like, <laughs> Just, like first, first, off, first off, nobody drops more passes than Odell. For somebody who's known for his hands, this dude drops two passes a game. Secondly, he's not healthy ever. He's not he's, is he is he immensely talented? Yes, he is. But is he very overrated? Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, how many in, in this one playoff game that he played in, he dropped more passes. Then Michael Thomas – no, actually dropped the same amount of passes as Michael Thomas has in the last two seasons. I am not going to dismiss that as if, oh, no, no, no. He, this guy, he's, he's, you know, he put up 900 yards last year. He's amazing.
0: Well, Jeremy, one, he had over 1,000 last year. Two, Odell Beckham has played – he played 12 games last year. And the previous season he got hurt. That was the one where he broke his ankle. Season four that he played sixteen games. Season four that he played fifteen games. Season four that was his rookie year where he missed the first four and then he started the last twelve. So literally, he had one significant injury last year.
2: So, so you're saying when Iggy was was a uh, still a solid NBA player, he was good.
0: No, no. What I'm telling you is, last year he was good. <laughs> last year, if you look at the amount of yards he had per game, he had more yards per game than than Michael Thomas did. So at the at the end at the end of the day, I, I, I don't I don't get.
1: Hey, you guys like, are talking a lot. Like I understand. I'm sorry to cut you off, Jerry. Let's. Let, I, I want to see a wage be put on who has the best season: DeAndre Hopkins or Odell. I mean, no. Well, you don't. Uh, you don't believe in Odell. So Michael Thomas and one of one Jerry's guys. Let's let's,
0: but let's put it on think, air right
1: now. Yeah. Let's let's see. What if we need? made a,
0: if we made a bet on it, Jerry would tell me. Yeah, I know DeAndre Hopkins had more yards per. Uh, Deshaun's throwing for to him, and not Baker Mayfield. Right. But so at, at the end of the day, I think when we look at receivers. I'm looking at – and I, I think Michael Thomas – one of the benefits of Michael Thomas is he's big and he's a good blocking receiver. A lot of the guys on the list are great blocking receivers. Harry Hill's terrible as, as a blocker. Um, so is um, – yeah, Odell's not great as a blocker. He's okay, but De- – DeAndre will actually block. Yeah, so there are there, some – You know, out of those six we named, I'd say Michael Thomas and DeAndre and Julio are the best blockers. Uh, so that's a positive. But I just think when you look at it from a receiver standpoint – I, I'm fattering, in, you say Tyreek Hill. I can't put Tyreek Hill on that list, and I like Tyreek Hill. He's fantastic. But if you give DeAndre Hopkins and say, hey, look, we're going to give Travis Kelsey, we're going to give great running game, we're going to throw Sammy Watkins on the other side of the field, uh, uh, go go one-on-one, like, there, there's, there's going to be openings. And Tyreek Hill is the fastest, most explosive receiver. Like, I can't deny that. But in reality, like – I just don't see him at, in, in a, a normal offense without the most creative play caller in the league and without the most weapons in the league being better than Antonio Brown or Andre Hawkins. Yeah, um, and you, know, you put it at one. I can't put Hula at one because he's not that good in the red zone. I think mean, part of being a, a number one receiver in, the best receiver in the league is being able to catch touchdowns. He went a season and a half without catching any touchdown passes. Like, I, and at the end of the day, like that – that was one of the main reasons two years ago why they weren't good because they get to the red zone and he couldn't he couldn't figure out ways to catch touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I mean it also has to do with how many uh, how many times he's uh, he's been targeted. So, all uh, right, I mean, I mean, how much attention he gets when he gets into the red zone. Overall, I'll, I'll also give you this. So we can always do a a, a wager on you know who's going to have a better better season. I have no issue with that. At the end of the day, I'll say this though. When I talk about Odell Beckham Jr., I need a receiver who, going into overtime, or right before overtime, when the Bears kick an onside kick and it goes directly to him, I need somebody who's not scared to go get that ball. I I need somebody who has that kind of toughness. Odell Beckham is not that guy. You saw it on that very play. He had that Cam Newton in him. He did not want to take that hit. At the end of the day, You've got to have receivers who, when you need to count on them to win a game, they're willing to come across the middle and take that punishment. Michael Thomas does it. Michael Thomas is rated as the second-best receiver inside 10 yards behind DeAndre Hopkins. He's rated as the best receiver from 11 to 20 yards by Pro Football Focus. And that's where we live and make our bread. Let's go. You
1: can tell when Jerry starts talking about the Saints because he gets some some kind of whatever. uh, Oh, yeah accent or excitement or whatever. Oh, is. oh no, I go
2: I go into my wrestling
0: voice. Can I, uh, can I say one thing real quick, though? Can you say some finally let it go? Can you guys please uh, federal court is trying <laughs> to make Roger Goodell and three referees testify in court. Guys, it was a miscall. call. Clearly, you yeah, think Roger so. Goodell was sitting up there on the headset like, don't throw the flag, don't throw the flag. Like, come on. Right. Right, what is going so, he
1: probably was. let's get into our next let's get into our next topic that that is true but i'm gonna make this little um uh this well transition a favor no it's not a transition i want you guys to give me who's gonna step up this this coming season in the NFL but you cannot include the Texans or the saints Bro, oh my God. gosh how are we gonna be able to do that how are we gonna be able to do? Well, how are we gonna be able to pick who's gonna step up in the season of 2019 through 2020 without you guys? Without Jared saying something about the Texans and Deshaun, or Jeremy saying something about the uh, the Saints well, and Breeze? Well, well first of
2: all, first guys, off, we you, don't we're not gonna step back, obviously, and we don't need to step up. All we need is the the team we need to step up uh, has zebra jerseys on, so that won't be any any part of the uh, the, the issue going forward. Um, but yeah, this seems like it's a pretty easy question for me personally. The New York Jets are going to step up. The New York Jets got Le'Veon Bell. The New York Jets have Sam Darnold, who is developing into um, – he's going to be an elite quarterback this year. I'm telling you right now, don't I, – I might – you you guys think I'm joking. I might throw a bet on Sam Darnold for MVP. That's how good Sam Darnold is going to be this season. I'll give you, um, one. I'll give you
1: one on that, big boy. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll just Sam take
2: whatever Vegas. I'll take whatever Vegas odds are. That's what's gonna happen. I'm telling you, Sam Darnold is going to win, or he's gonna be close to winning MVP. I'm not saying he's gonna win it. He's gonna be close. Um, so I think the Jets are gonna have a huge, a huge year this year. I think that secondary, the safeties that they drafted and Jamal Adams, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, but they're really developing into, um, a, you know, an elite secondary. Is it prior? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, um, I can't remember that. He was drafted. One of them was drafted. They both drafted first round, or one was first and second. Which one is? I can't even remember. Um, but I I love the addition of Quentin Williams to that front, to that uh defensive front. I think he's going to be explosive. Uh, he actually reminds me a lot of uh, maybe a little old school Warren Sapp. Uh, his footwork, quickness, and um from from under center. I think he's going to be, or not. I guess in front of center. Um, I think he's going to be a huge addition. So I think the Jets are going to have a great season. Um just some honorable mentions. I think the Jaguars will have a somewhat of a bounce back season. Um I think the Panthers could have somewhat of a ba- bounce back season. I've kind of like what I've heard from Cam over the last uh last week or two. Um he he seems like he's got his head on straight uh outside of, you know, the whole uh outfits that he puts on. But um uh, by the way, did you guys see him at Walmart?
1: Why you so worried about that no. outfit?
2: Man, that man out here looking like Carmen San Diego. Anyway, um,
1: can <laughs> as 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 damn fine with that ball going this year. He is. Hey. What it looks like to me, he need to be passing it to Christian McCaffrey every play. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, cuz I I I, don't, I know that um, you know, hopefully your boy Luke Keekley's not getting juked up by 7-year-olds anymore. Yeah, but gonna, yeah, that's my um But yeah, let's
1: but, but let's, but let's talk about my step I'm back. You, I'm gonna let you go in and talk about your Saints cuz I know you probably got an edge, but uh. Go ahead and <laughs> include your Saints, and then, Jared, I want you to give me your opinion on who do you feel like is going to have a good season and a bad season. Don't forget the bad, who, who you think is overrated right yeah. now. And then if you want to get into the Texans, you know, feel free. But let's I, I don't
0: game need game. to get into the yeah. Texans. We're, we're, we'll have all season to talk about them as they're continuing to win. Um hey, I don't
2: uh, I don't even have to talk about it. I don't even have to bring up the Saints. Everybody knows what we are. You know who we are. We've been the best team in football the last two seasons. And uh one of the seasons we screwed ourselves and last year we got screwed by the refs. So this year is third, third years of charm. Um overall though, the team I think is gonna take the step back is the Bears. Um the Bears defense was really good last year. I think their defense will continue to be really good. But I see them taking a little step back, mainly because I think that division is going to be almost impossible. I think the Lions are going to be much better with Patricia. Um, I like some of the moves he made in the offseason. I think the the Vikings are they actually going to make play the playoffs.
1: You. you guys don't want to play for
2: Patricia. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think the uh, – I think – oh yeah, and, and Glover Quinn retired too, uh, which was – it's going to be a huge loss for them. That, that dude said, look. I said when I got in the league, I was only going to play ten years. So I've made enough money, and I'm retiring now. I'm like, hey, when you got to play like that, you you doing good things. Anyway, um, I think the the Vikings will have a, a bounce back season. I think Kirk Cousins is actually going to have a really good season. I think Aaron Rodgers is is due for a good season, and he's been hearing a lot of talk. And I think they're going to get it together. So I think they're going to have a bounce back season, which in turn is going to maybe have the Bears at eight and eight, nine and seven, and maybe missing the playoffs. They could make it as a third team, but um, that's the team I got taking a step back.
1: 85. So,
0: uh, teams that got stepping up, um, the biggest one I have the Oakland Raiders, or, or soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. Look, John Gruden was a disaster last year. Like I think we can all admit it. But he did some really good things this offseason. He brought in Antonio Brown, which made whatever you think of field, He really has, right now, an opportunity to, to solidify himself as one of the greatest receivers of all time. I think Antonio Brown is going to look fantastic. They also went and got Tyrell Williams from the Chargers, uh, who's a very good speed receiver, great number two. And then they picked up my boy, Hunter Renfro, in the fifth round, who apparently has been fortunate people at practice. They basically said he's been unguardable. They put Lamarcus Joyner on him, really good cornerback, and they basically said he had nothing and wanted no problems with him. So you're going to have a very, very good passing attack. Lamarcus Joyner is a safety. Right, but he was a quarterback that switched to safety, and they've been trying to guard him. They've been trying to guard uh, – they've been putting him on Renfro, and they said Renfro has been just portion him. And you throw in the fact that they got Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs might win rookie of the year. Um, he's a very hard-nosed running back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, and I think Derek Carr is on target right now to have a good bounce-back year. Um, he hasn't been good the last couple of years. So, in reality, I think right now it's his chance and his opportunity to be able to ball out. Um, if I'm looking at teams, other teams that I, like I said, I agree with the Panthers, uh, Jets, I think could be good. Um, if, if I'm looking at teams that I expect to take a significant step back, and this is probably going to sound crazy to Jeremy, I think the two teams that could take step back are the Saints and the Texans. I hope we don't. I feel really good about our, uh, wow, our weapons I'm on offense. Right but here, here's the reality of the deal. We have the hardest schedule in the league statistically for the whole season. If I look at our first seven games, we play at Saints. We play – and I'm I'm not saying it's necessarily in order. We play at Kansas City. We play um, Indianapolis on the road. uh, We play the Panthers at home. We play Matt Ryan and the Falcons at home. We play Phillip Rivers at home. And we play – who's the other quarterback? Uh, And we play the Jaguars on the road. Like, so, if you're looking at, out of those seven quarterbacks, five of them have won MVPs or Super Bowl MVPs. And the other two are Phillip Rivers and uh, Andrew Luck. So, at the end of the day, we have a tough schedule. And the reason I think the Saints are going to take a significant step back, and this is the one I would actually pick if I was picking one, it's not because I'm hating on all the Saints. They have a significantly tough schedule. Uh, they have, a, in the first, I think, Eight games of the season, they have statistically the toughest schedule. I wish the listeners could see Jeremy's face. And they still, <laughs> they still haven't gotten over a call. Like I'm still hearing players talk about the non-call that was seven months ago. Like right. the yeah get over what, that. What they player play. did you hear saying that? Well, I, I heard Breeze had to talk about it. So I brought it up. Mark Andrews, not even on the team, was talking about how devastated y'all are. Yeah. And it, <laughs> he's, not, he's not on the team. And then Jeremy, <laughs> and the fact that there, I, I don't think. I, the the rest of the team and at, what Mark Ingram said is that entire franchise we will never get over it and I think that's true they won't I, I think when you look at it and whenever every year there are some teams that get close to winning it and then they take a step back and you know last year it was oh Jaguars this close oh they fell off oh the Vikings they were this close and they fell off and you can go year oh by year, the Patriots by year, they were this
2: close they won the Super Bowl.
0: They did, but the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl like five out of the last seven years or whatever it is. So I'm not I'm equating not the Saints to that. I think at the end of the day, um, I think the Falcons are going to be a much better team. I think the Panthers are going to be a much better team. I think that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be a much better team. So that division all of a sudden got re- – Bruce Arias is a heck of a coach. That division got a lot tougher. Uh, I like the Panthers' move by being able to sign um, the defensive tackle from uh, – uh, from Tampa Bay, and my mind just, it just slipped me from me to Charlotte McCoy. Uh, by the way, met his wife when I used to work at Rental and uh, in, in Enterprise. One of the nicest ladies ever. So I'm rooting for them. Uh, I'm excited for him to be on, on the Panthers and in, in, in the QC. But I, I just think right now, I think those two teams uh, scare me. The other one, obvious. Browns, I don't think they have to take a step back, but they're super overrated. Um, people talking about Baker Mayfield as the top five quarterback in the league or top 10 quarterback. I'm trying to tell you, Browns going to be lit. Listen, I like I, I like Baker Mayfield. Lit, lit they're
1: gonna be lit yeah, up. Uh, you know, Brown's gonna be lit. They're gonna be like I'm trying to tell you, they're gonna be like the Golden State. No,
0: listen, listen,
2: oh. I, I, yeah, I I like, like the Golden State words when Mark Curry was the uh was
1: playing on the team. <laughs> Mark my
0: Hey, words. hey look, this this is what I will tell you. They will lose week one to the Titans. They the they're, how much yeah, they're how much I, care, know, I'm, I'm gonna bet, I'm gonna bet that yeah. game.
2: I, I actually agree with you on uh, the the Oakland Raiders' offense. I think the offense is going to be really good. What about their defense? Because they don't have any pass rushers. Um, Overall, what my Cleveland thought Farrell process is. I
0: think he's a rookie. I think he'll play, have 12 sacks.
2: Jared, no. No, no rookie's getting sacks. 12 sacks. First off, he's going to be the one that gets the most attention. So, he's they, no, rookie's definitely not getting 12 sacks when you're getting the most attention. That never happens. Um, Overall, what I see is this. I see the Oakland Raiders' offense being pretty good. Hopefully, and this is my hope, I hope their offense sucks because I think Derek Carr is that guy, and I hope the Raiders decide to move on from him. We win the Super Bowl, (laughs) Breeze retires, and we bring in Derek Carr to be our quarterback. That is my hope personally. Anyway, um, on to your other stuff. (laughs) On to the other topic. Jerry, you have to be crazy. Like, at the end of the day, the Saints are literally – good at every single level of the of the team we've probably had the best kicker in football uh we've definitely got a top five quarterback top five running back top five wide receiver top five offensive line maybe a top five tight end now jared cook is in the mix we've got top five defensive end we got another defensive end that hopefully will come I, on I, this
0: you year. You, keep, you keep throwing all oh these God. like i don't know Look, top is cornerback, top five, Cook. top five linebacker. Like, Cook's not like, top five really tight end likes. in the league, and I like Jerry Cook. He's not top five tight end in the league. Um, Give me five better. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, uh, David Njoku. Um, like
2: what has David Njoku done in his career?
0: Jeremy, if you not watch David Njoku, David Njoku might be the best out of that group I just named. Um, uh,
2: Jerry, if you don't get it, go.
0: And let's look What was David and Junkle's numbers last year? Like David Njoku's weighed better. Six hundred and
2: thirty-nine yards and four touchdowns. Those yes, over four.
0: yes. David and Junkle, If you watch him play, David and Junkle's is literally a freak. He's he's 6'4", 250. Playing, and, and playing runs- in
2: Oakland. Playing in Oakland last year, Jared Cook had. Almost 900 yards, 896, so over 200 yards more. In six he, was their number,
0: he was their number one receiver because they had the, the rest of the receivers. They traded away a Mark Cooper. Uh, Wichcott was about to retire from Green Bay. And then uh, martinez Bryant got suspended. He was their number one receiver.
2: Sure, you're not going to give me a guy who has 1,000 yards receiving and eight touchdowns in his entire career as a better tight end than Dream. Cook Jim, Sorry, he's the tight
0: end. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, I think Drew Brees, is he a top five quarterback right now? I got to give him that? But he did not look like a top five quarterback the last seven eight games of the season last year. So well, I, I don't know if Never that was an not <laughs> I, I, I would I would agree with both of those. So at the end of the day, can the the Saints build a team around him where he doesn't have to be the guy that carries them? And that's going to boil down to can Alvin Kamara turn into that Bell, Bell Cal running back, or can um, who's the guy you guys got from the uh, Vikings, Derpis uh, Ingram, uh, at running back? If you guys if he can he can carry the load. Oh,
2: yeah, you know, Latavius Murray. I, yeah. I think uh, I think we're actually probably going to be defensive based team this year. Um, I think offense obviously still be really good, but you're talking about a team that over the last eight nine weeks had the had the second lowest point total, most turnovers created. Um, I think it was less l- least amount of yards, best run defense, like fifth in passing defense. So overall, I think our defense is going to be stand out. I'm looking forward to getting Patrick Robinson back at the at the slot cornerback position. Um, so, hey, I ain't going to sit here and talk about my boys all day because we'll have plenty of time to talk about them when we're talking about in in the week leading up to the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, let's keep, all right, keep that's this thing up. rolling.
1: Well, we appreciate everybody for tuning in to another week, episode 40. It's especially special to us. Most of you guys are still watching. <clears throat> You've been with us since the first episode, so we appreciate you guys. Uh, we're still going to be working on some merch, guys, and uh, the big exciting news is we're going back to once a week. Let's go. Let's everybody get it so uh, with hey, that being hey, said, hey guys, ahead. I
2: got I got I got one more point I want to bring up. Man, shout out to my boy Zion, who said he loves the way that Kobe Bryant and Dirk Nowitzki played with one team their entire career. He's planning on playing with the Pelicans his entire career. And shout out to him for just officially getting his endorsements and his money up. To ninety-five million dollars before playing an NBA game. Hey, I gotta give him a shout out for that because
1: that's yeah, that's strong. That's strong.
0: And everybody says that. Everybody says they want to play on the same team, but they forget Jordan in a Wizards jersey, and they forget Paul Pearson in a Nets jersey, and it like, it usually don't happen. I There's nothing wrong with one. I'm rooting for him. That's that's. Every, I think LeBron when he was as I tell people, I don't think I go to the divorce court. I don't think anybody there was like, man, we're gonna get a divorce when they were sitting at that dog on altar. I think mean,
1: everybody has every, the, every one of Jerry's Jerry's analogies has something to do with a bar yeah. or divorce.
0: Yeah, <laughs> life is life is like a date. Yeah, Jerry,
2: and the, the problem is some of those uh, <laughs> you know some of those marriages are uh, arranged, so you, it's not like they had a choice.
1: Anyway, that's that's <laughs> a whole podcast, but but as always, we appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure you follow us. <clears throat> Excuse me, Uh Bros underscore po- uh, underscore podcast uh, podcast. Um, on IG sorry about that that cough kind of got me tripped up so Uh, but yeah anyway guys any last words Um, go Texans peace